Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com, RockAuto.com, State Farm, and WeatherTech. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, Brian Robinson. Hello and welcome to MotorWeek podcast number 166. Uh, around the table with me today are the twins. Oh, <laughs> Ben thank Davis and Greg Carlos. Yes. Thank you, temporary host. Pull out all the stops on podcast day. And our uh, video producer slash editor and podcast producer, Joe Lago. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us, Joe. Uh, looks like we'll have the usual uh, rundown of road test cars, look at Frankfurt Motor Show, lightning round, viewer question, all the usual stuff. Uh, I guess we'll just kick it off with frankfurt motor show our usual host uh john davis is over there right now but uh we'll try and give you the highlights uh from our locale here in maryland anybody uh anybody see anything that sticks out well if you go to motorweek.org uh we have a recap on there as well and uh to me the big thing that stuck out it was it was kind of I don't know if the message was intentional, but it was like Europe saying, we don't care what America does. We're going full autonomous, full EV, hybrid. Every, it, was, it was a tech fest. Yeah, but that's kind of how a lot of shows are going now. I mean, even in L.A., it's not even really referred to as the L.A. Auto Show anymore. It's like automobility. It's all about mm. connected cars and, and things like not so heavy on the hybrid and efficiency thing, but uh, connected cars. Um, what were you going to say, Brian? Uh, I was Before just I listening off. to you. No, no. Yeah, um, as far as uh, reveals, and again, it wasn't like a big reveal show because everything is always revealed before the show it's now. It's all leaked on the internet. Yeah, so. Leaked on purpose right. by PR departments. The night before uh, the uh, Mercedes AMG Project 1 was probably the biggest news just because if you're an enthusiast, it's an F1 styled or basically an F1 based powertrain. It's got a really small displacement V6, so high revs. I think it's like over a thousand horsepower. Right, it's four electric motors. I think yeah, it said. It is. yeah, four electric motors and an electronically assisted turbocharger on a right. 1.6 liter V6. John is always talking about like that's <laughs> awesome. the new big thing in powertrains <laughs> is when we can electrically assist turbochargers, and it seems like yeah, that's, that's straight off the F1 cars where they got the. Uh, the curse system or whatever yeah. it's called. I don't know DRS if they still have that. Or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. So. Yeah. so an F1 car for the street. Similar to like, a, you know, the limited edition McLarens yeah. and stuff like that. You know, so. They had some other um, more down-to-earth things. They had, um, God, what's it called? Oh, the EQA um, SUV, which is will be in a fully electric uh, SUV. Uh, that's obviously a concept, and then the uh, the other one that's got a little bit closer to market would be the uh, pre-production of the was it the GLC F cell, right? So it would be the first really like a hybrid, right? It's um, it's a fuel hydrogen. cell slash battery vehicle. So right. you're it's I guess it's only an electric motor. There's no gas motor, but the idea is that you can switch your power sources between hydrogen or battery. Right. Well, most fuel cells are battery powered cars anyway right? yes the, yeah yeah uh what about that honda e urban ev did you guys see that that was pretty that was definitely awesome. the coolest Ooh. thing that i saw all the uh, automotive yeah. geeks were kind of uh going crazy like over that vintage but. honda like some of the styling cues yeah, yeah. it makes a lot of sense i mean it goes right after honestly it goes right after somebody like benny d here or, or uh robinson's like that nostalgic it could really coerce somebody into going into like an ev really meant for the cities yeah i didn't really see much of the specs but i mean if the specs are up there with like the bolt or whatever i mean that would be 
It looks yeah, way cooler one. than a bowl. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um the other I think Audi came out with the uh, I believe it's pronounced the Icon or Yes. Yeah, which um, which is full autonomous and that's Audi's really pushing for autonomy now with this. This one doesn't even have a steering wheel or pedals. It was basically wow. just so that that's concept right though. this that's is not actually going to be built. exactly yeah it's like um irobot if you think back to that movie with will smith that was essentially that yeah. kind of car yeah um being driven completely on its own without even giving you the option and we already saw the cayenne recently but i guess porsche waited to show the turbo there at frankfurt yeah, the turbo, and then they had a uh, GT3 with a grand touring package, uh, right, yeah. I think that's what they call it. Essentially, you just lose the wing, and they make it even – I mean, I, I drove the GT3, and I thought it was daily drivable, but – It took you all the way to Z, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, you watched my, uh, my first look. Um, you were one of the few. That's his job. Yeah. Just watch my first look. But, yeah, anyway, that, that's just aiming after the customer who's like, I want – a ton of performance, but I don't want the big wing, essentially, and I want to be able to drive it every day. It's so. still a manual, though? That I don't know. Yeah, I, um, I would have to imagine. There, yeah. I thought yeah. it was cool, the, the Jaguar I-Pace uh, SUV, which is all electric, but now they had some sort of race car variant of it, which I think is just cool. Well, yeah, looking. they're starting a racing series yeah. um, with, with, I think, just that what's car up, so far. What's up with that Jaguar on the back fender? It doesn't look quite right. It almost looks like a Hellcat. It does look a little distorted in the photo there. Obviously, if you're listening, you can't see, but if you're close to a computer, we you can should look it, it up. The, yeah, or check us out on our video podcast. We're showing it to the camera right now. Yeah. It is. I agree with you. I mean, other than that, though, I think that, I think it's kind of a cool idea. Is it going to be like an electric rally series since it's an SUV? Well, or? there's. I mean, there's a lot of talk with it. And I'm not a huge, huge motorsports fan, but I follow it somewhat. And there is really when the um, the electric F1 series – came out people kind of scoffed at it but now it's actually got some weight and i think so there's some people predicting that within the next decade it might all be electric series. yeah audi pulled out of uh world like world uh endurance and yeah, put well, all their that's efforts almost into, done right wec's yeah. done is it called formula e is that formula e, e yeah, yeah you're right that i watched it once on tv it's weird because it's so quiet and they yeah they swap cars because they don't have they don't, can't the change batteries yeah, the battery yeah. runs out <laughs> so they they swap into a car but yeah. i no, it's weird you see like all these cars going these down these tiny little streets in europe and it's just wee, it's wee, more wee. competitive than f1 uh, honestly f1 is cool until the first corner pretty mm-hmm. much and then it's just from there it's lewis hamilton uh moving on probably the biggest maybe vehicle for us here in the u.s is the uh x7 bmw they've been talking about a three-row crossover for a while that thing is large that's what all americans are buying these days three-row crossover especially if they got a german badge on them yeah so that should be huge that's probably the thing we'll see here the soonest in for testing would be my guess Mm-hmm. And then a BMW had their iVision Dynamics, which was, I think, a, like a, a sedan with uh, they claim, and it's a concept, which is always weird to me when they give you like ranges and things like that. They right, say right. it's over three hundred and twenty miles of range. Like, okay, but I can't Why not drive four hundred if it's a yeah, concept. It, it, it could be anything. It could <laughs> right. be anything. Thousand miles. Um, but yeah, that just so. shows, like everybody else, they're uh, committed to electrification and things like that. So lots of cool stuff, even though I guess auto shows are becoming more irrelevant with the uh, everything being on the internet. They're still exciting, at least oh, for us. Last too, one, the, the I'm sorry, Joe, we're out hot. of time. 
Oh, oh right, okay. Well, the, the Ferrari, <laughs> is it Portofino? Porto, Portofino, yeah. Portofino. So that's, what is that, supposed to be like an that's entry level Ferrari? Right, yeah, taking over for the California, I think. Yeah. Um, so convertible. Uh, hmm. Yeah, really. <laughs> it is what it is. It's another Ferrari, Ferrari that we won't <laughs> be able to drive for a while. Yeah. So, anyways. Moving on, a uh, recent road test that we did was uh, the Dodge Challenger SRT Demon. Uh, probably one of the biggest uh, cars as far as this year, people looking forward to. Um, it's a beast. I guess I'm the only one that's driven it. Uh, is that correct? Yeah, uh, solid footage, so, though. Yeah, uh, Challenger Hellcat uh, with 840 horsepower. Um, actually, only 807, 808, unless you buy the Demon Crate, which is uh, a $1 option, which comes with all kind of tools. Uh, it comes with the front Pass skinny seat. Uh, <laughs> no, the, the passenger seat's another one dollar option. Oh, gotcha. It doesn't come in the crate. Mm. Um, it comes with the front skinny wheels. Cool. And what it comes the, with an ECU that allows you to reflash say, the yeah, computer does, does to the, run on one ten. So um, it's not any mechanical changes to the engine. It's just a computer change correct, to the engine that allows you to run on race cars. How does that work in terms of like fuel tank? Is there like an auxiliary fuel tank for the running on one ten? I mean, like, are, are they? Uh, like you're not going to be swapping back and forth between like standard and one ten. Um, well, usually guys that show up in the track, they only buy barely enough what they need right. for the track because the lowest weight you have, you know. So I imagine you just burn off whatever you have, and then you know if you're and driving. I'm sure the driving. ECU right. can tell. I mean, sure, like the yeah. knock sensors and stuff can tell whenever your grade of fuel yeah. changes. Um, so as far as driving it, uh, that's the first car I've driven that was. 100% set up for drag racing. And, uh, you know, of course, everyone knows the times. I think it does uh, 9, 6 in the quarter. On a perfect day and perfect elevation. Would yeah, be perfect and it's – I was expecting it to be – having driven many Vipers on a quarter mile, I was expecting it to be this insanely scary proposition. But it's like the total opposite. It's like driving a perfectly set up 911 GT3 on a track. It's like it's so set up for that. It's almost not boring, but it's not. there's no drama whatsoever. You just nail the throttle. It's got all kind of launch control and torque reserve. Only feeds power when it can put it to the ground. Wow. And, Does it uh, almost make you feel like you're not traveling that fast at all? Absolutely. It feels like you're cruising in a, a Camry across a parking lot somewhere. I think just <laughs> hooks up and takes off. Yeah. Wow. And, well, we didn't do nine, so it was like 100 degrees and super humid when we were driving it. So, But we were getting 10 twos, like, consistently. <laughs> and uh, it's got a trans brake, which I also have never experienced before, which is really cool. It uses the actual transmission to uh, you know hold the power right before you launch. And it's got uh, triggers on the back of the wheel. Uh, you release one once you're staged, release the other. The car just hooks up and takes off, man. That's it's, awesome. It's insane. Because Dodge owes me a 10-second car. Um, <laughs> one question I have, yeah. though, because I didn't catch your first look. Yeah. Um, how is it to drive on the street? It's actually better. Without the skinny fronts, it comes, like I say, with normal uh, size front. It does have Nitto drag radials. They are standard. And those, as you know, have way more flex in the sidewall. Mm. So it actually rides nicer on the street than a regular Hellcat. It doesn't have little rubber band tires. Like, Correct. Like so, uh, you know, as far as drive, and it's totally, it's totally fine to drive on the street. It's not like it's handles only just a as good in the, yeah, yeah, in the twisties as a regular yeah. Hellcat. Would. I mean, we didn't get a whole lot of street time with it, mm. uh, but yeah, it felt that's it felt awesome. Just fine. And so then the car you think is going to be the most dangerous car on the street is 
not that dangerous as what it, what it what it does. Uh, it'll yeah, it's still dangerous. But I can say I can see a couple of not crash. not crazy cars <laughs> and coffee still, scary. Get, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say it'll still get into some accidents if you uh, you know drive like a moron. It's not completely right. idiot proof, but it's well. not going to replace like Mustang five liter burnouts from cars and coffee as like the number one YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> Eighty six grand is cost. So we'll see how close they stick to that when they hit the market. Well, they didn't. Uh, Dodge came out and tried to come up with a way to thwart dealers from marking up the price right where they um right, essentially like, said they won't get you won't get the car unless you sell it for this price or something like that right they can't keep people from buying it and then immediately put them on mm-hmm. ebay though for more right but um they should have did that with we'll uh, honda should have did that with type r's yeah, that's been yeah. a mess we'll see so uh that's it for that unless you guys have any other questions uh oh and if you want the look of the of the demon uh without the uh, all the you know, drag racing goodies you can get a wide body SRT now. <laughs> you have to settle for 700 horsepower. Yeah. So is the body actually wider, or is it tires? It's and just flares fender flares okay. added to the body. Hmm. And uh, yeah. Okay, so it's just the look, you know. And then there's going to be some guy that makes a clone and takes it to car shows and tells everybody it's a demon, but won't open the hood to show people, right? That's well, it's got a totally different hood on it. So I wonder yeah. what would happen if somebody tried to flash an ECU on a regular Hellcat uh, with the demon uh, ECU flash. Well, the, there's way more to just uh, to make the demon engine than just an ECU. Sure, all the internals are all new. The heads are tweaked they spent a lot of time getting that 840 and they well i guess were originally told that they couldn't do it so they did all the stuff kind of cloak and dagger they had the dinos at chrysler like recalibrated so that people could walk by and see 700 horsepower like it was a regular hellcat engine oh, wow. when actually it was putting out like 840 horsepower and, and oh, wow. no one knew so it wasn't until they had that thing like completely ready till they kind of got approval to uh, actually do it but well it's kind of like how you got to do things sometimes yeah easier to leave that alone than permission right yeah leave that alone we'll move on equally exciting car um i guess it would take like what go ahead no 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 sorry i was gonna say it would take like four of them to equal the horsepower of the demon but the mazda miata rf cool um I didn't spend a whole lot of time in that one, so someone else, please jump in. Yeah, on Greg that and one. I did. We took it to Dominion. Beautiful car, uh, fantastic the, the way the top works, and I haven't been taken aback by a car like the looks of a car like that in a long time. <laughs> Having said that, on the track, it's a little. It gets boring pretty fast, just because it, if you're tracking it, it could use another fifty, it's sixty, seventy, eighty horsepower. horsepower. Right, so I found myself getting bored and purposely throwing it into corners too hot just to. Get some oversteer going. I saw the footage, and then it was hard, really hard to recover. Once I did that, <laughs> I, <laughs> I took saw that off the track well. a couple times, but it did make it a lot more interesting. Uh, great everyday car, though, no doubt. Yeah, I really came away impressed with it. I thought I liked the standard Miata, but the RF is one that I'd probably go with. It looks really? phenomenal. Yeah, I think honestly, just from a, the look standpoint, yeah. I think it looks better. It's a gorgeous car. The only the only problem I had is, I mean. With that top, if you you lose some visibility out of the side, and you kind of miss that when you're backing out, and you, this one didn't have a backup camera, I'm 
maybe. I can't remember. Maybe I remember, I remember having either. to turn around a lot and just looking at that pillar in my face. So right. It's not like would backing be an, up a regular. That would be Miata. one of the negatives, but uh, very You'd few You'd have the top negatives. down anyway. <laughs> it's a, well, well, you no, can't have the top down. That's the whole thing. That's what I'm saying. Oh, with my the top, bad. You're right. You're right. It's essentially a target roof, right? Yeah. They just didn't want to call it that. Yeah. Well, you don't have to take it out yourself, so it's technically well, a retractable hard top. Well, the Port 911 Targa, you don't take out yourself, right? You got a good point there. Yeah. But it, that Targa script looks so cool at Porsche, they just couldn't call it something else <laughs> and get rid of that. <laughs> now, the uh, I did the road test for it, which airs on Motor Week, I think, next week. And, yeah, it's I agree. It's a great-looking car. But then, when I don't know, when I saw the price tag, I thought, I don't think I – I like I like the regular Miata so much, I don't know if I would spring the extra money. I just think it's such a good car. And, I don't know, that the fabric top, being able to do it one-handed and have it all the way down and that extra visibility, I, I don't think it would be worth the money for me for the looks. That's what seemed to give me pause was that – uh, it is a couple grand more, and then everyone complained – or not complained, but everyone noted that there was a lot of wind noise. That's true. And there was stuff like that. To me, noises. which that's the whole point of getting a hard top, right, is you want you want more of a, a top other than a soft top. So I don't know. I'm not sure if it's worth it just for looks for me, but I see great think so. Yeah, well, now I'm, I'm trying to think back because I do remember me. I was the one who made that comment. You were one of many. Because I mean, a lot of people did. like right next to it. Pretty much It's hard everybody. not to be, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I still liked it. I really like driving the car, and I'm, I'm going to stick with my original stance. I, I, I agree with Ben that an extra 50 horses would uh, definitely spice it up a little bit. Yeah. And then we'll be like, then it's 200, and then we're like, well, another 30 might do it. And then next thing you know, we're asking for a 300 horsepower Miata. Miata Hellcat. I'd have no problem with that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, moving on. It's time for our lightning round. Yes. Apparently, we've changed the rules of our lightning round. Slightly. So instead of two minutes to discuss this topic, uh, we now will each have 30 seconds to weigh in on this topic. Give or take. And it uh, looks like it's long enough that my 30 seconds will be just reading it, so I'm okay with that. Here we go. <laughs> uh, after years of speculating that the millennial generation – would upend the car industry by living in urban areas and preferring to lease cars or use car-sharing services, a recent report shows that millennials are moving to suburbs and buying more crossovers and SUVs as they get older. Is this data all that surprising? And does this demographic still have potential to change the industry, or are they more alike their parents than different? Who wants to go first? Oh, man. What, do you want me to dive in? Well, you're the producer. Yeah, just pick somebody. You spoke up, man. So it's all you. All right. I'll, uh, I'll start because uh, this you're is – You're a millennial. None of the yeah. – uh-huh. I'm the – what was it, John's the one time? Patrick, you're the voice of a generation. Along the lines of that. Moving on. You, no, you, so you were start, wasted. Okay, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's like wasted I'm, 20 I'm of your clock. seconds, I'm on the clock. No, so my thought on this is it's not – I don't think it's that surprising. It's when you get get older, you want to start a family. You know, my wife and I we're looking at houses, and I'm sure once you get kids, it's like, oh well, you know, I'm not. I don't want to share a car. I want to have a minivan. I want to fill it with my kids' junk toys and you know, Cheerio crumbs. I just I don't think it's that surprising. I think that there's just maybe a bit. I think millennials are taking longer than their parents to get there, but they'll end up at the same spot. Wow. <laughs> so, 31 seconds. I was one second over. Go ahead, Ben. Uh, okay, let Greg go first. Oh. I'm not really. I'm still still thinking about my my strategy. As a fellow millennial, uh, I 
also don't think it's that surprising. Everybody tends to gener- uh, overreact to the generation behind them and say, oh, well, they're, di- they're different than us. They do things differently. And really, nobody's different. We just do things in a different way. Um, but now I'm going to go ahead and take what I just said and use it on the generation behind me because I, they are not driving, actually. And millennials are old enough now to have their license for quite some time and move out to the suburbs. So I think the next generation really is the one that Gen will line. be the biggest change on the industry. And they'll actually won't have to drive. Their cars will drive them everywhere exactly. they want, right? right. Yeah. yeah, I agree 100%. And this whole generational um, predictions seem to be a generation behind the generation they're actually trying to predict. So, but you uh, lost me. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> you they said our not- generation grew up so angsty with all the Seattle sound and stuff and grunge. And we're really going to make I knew this would come back to lithium somehow. I knew this would come back to lithium. Right, but you know, we're all just doing laundry and dishes and stuff when we get home. You know, we're not changing the world. So we might have went in strong, but we came out pretty tame and <laughs> so whatever they uh whatever they hypothesized about uh, the millennial generation i think could uh could maybe have a chance at the gen wise all right good enough well so any other thoughts sorry. we want to add on to that or do you think we've covered it pretty well i think we covered it pretty well i mean every generation eventually is going to need to move people and things around and they're going to need cars to do it uh whether they drive them themselves or whether they're SUVs or just larger cars. I mean, nothing, everything changes, but nothing really changes, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Uh, I agree. Ah, well, yeah. well put. Yeah. They're going to be doing yeah, the same thing, just with their own spin on it. Anyway. Kids and their music. Moving on. Skateboards. Uh, we have a question. Uh, a viewer girls. or listener uh, named Tony asks, it seems like Prius drivers are always zooming past me on the highway going 70-plus miles per hour. Since the gas engine usually kicks in around 20 miles per hour, are they really saving any gas, especially when they drive so darn fast? <laughs> Can you explain how hybrids work on the highway? Who wants to explain that to Tony? I can't. I can't explain Well, I, I had the long-term <laughs> we have a uh, We Kia have a Nero. Prius owner. So. Well, yeah, my, my wife has a Prius. Be careful. I, I, I don't take full ownership of it. You can it. own it. It's all right. You bought it and you've driven it here several times. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. have a Prius. You always seem to have a really big smile on your face when you're driving. Uh, that, that is not true. <laughs> you're always driving it at 70-plus miles uh, per hour. Yeah, no, that, that is also not. But, no, I did take the Kia Nero uh, hybrid long-term for a, a trip to Michigan and back last week. And uh, it, uh, you're right. The electric motor works up to a certain speed, and then the gas motor kicks in. But it's... If you're on the highway and you really accelerate hard, you can feel both motors working because you'll see your energy, you know, you'll see your battery gauge go down. And sometimes you can hear the whine of the electric motor. So even so, if you go from 60 to 80, the electric motor will kick in. But if you're going to cruise consistently at 80, then it pretty much uses the gas power only, I believe. And so it has more to do with the your throttle input. Like if you're cruising on a perfectly flat or even a slight uh downhill you know even though you're giving it a little bit of throttle and going 75 miles per hour your gas engine can be totally off just using a little bit of battery right but you need to be in very perfect conditions to have that happen yeah. the right. thing you'll notice when you're driving when you ha- when you try to drive that fast on a highway and a hybrid you really notice how much you have to keep up with speed and it's constantly kicking on and off um the reason that hybrids are i mean hybrids are so efficient in the city they're more efficient than they are on the highways because you can run that electric motor a lot more and you're not taxing the engine as much 
Right. Um, you could also say that most hybrids use Atkinson cycle and they're n- inherently a little bit more efficient. But the bottom line is, is when you are going that fast on the highway, so Tony, yes, you're using more gas and they're not nearly as efficient as probably a lot of owners think they are. No, absolutely. But- and I, I noticed in the Nero, the Nero has a readout on your average mileage. I was on one stretch of road that was 65 miles an hour and I got... 47 48 miles to the gallon and then i was on a longer flatter spot that was i think it was up to 80 miles an hour and my mileage dropped to like high 30s so it's definitely that last 20 over the speed limit it uh you know he's tony is right that it is it it does hurt their mileage quite a bit it hurts it but it's you're still getting better than a non-hybrid would be getting and the electric motor does still provide some assistance because you're only dealing with a 1.8 liter, I think, in the Prius still. So, I mean. And once you get off the highway, you're really cashing in. Yeah. <laughs> right, so so it was the question then, are they. Uh, they need to slow misunder- the down. <laughs> yeah, are they misunderstanding just how efficient. Do they just assume that they're being way more efficient than they right. really is, is are? It a, is it an engineering question or is it just a cultural question? Do well, Prius drivers just need for, to, to calm as down? As much as you don't want to generalize, it does seem to happen. Yeah. Quite often, people like to drive fast. Sometimes they just have. Sometimes to be you in need a to. Yeah. All right. Um, so there you go, Tony. That's how they work, and you might not be getting the ultimate savings at seventy plus, but you're still getting pretty good fuel economy. So you should go out and buy one of the hi- uh, hybrid yourself, and then pass the Prius <laughs> driver. The other yeah. Prius driver. You can Going pass 80. in the right lane. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on to our rant or rave. Anybody got anything? Like to LS week? LS one swap a Prius or an Insight or something, and <laughs> completely demon the purpose. Yeah. Just pass just somebody at seventy people. and have the pipes just rip their doors off. <laughs> Is that your rant or your rave? No, nah, it's just fantasy. Uh, yeah. That's All right, rant, rave, go. That's next rant, rave, or Sorry. fantasy is our new yeah. topic. But you only have 30 seconds. <laughs> Let's make it 45. Uh, you have a rant, right? No? Um, yeah, I feel like I've used this one before. and I just, I'm just i such a lane-disciplined stickler, and I'm mm. unapologetic about it. And now that I drive more on the highway because of my commute, I just can't stand it, man. Just I don't know if it's the... It's the question of whether it's ignorance or it's just being a jerk. Is that why you've been in such a bad mood lately? There's a lot. I don't know. It could be. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess to go over the whole lane thing, left lane is for passing. Middle lane, you should be being passed on the left and passing people on your right. And then if you're really not cool on the highway and you want to go slower, just stay on the right. It's the fact of, like, just complete impatience. I'll see people who are in the left lane behind somebody going slower, but there's somebody in the right lane. And instead of just waiting that few extra seconds and giving the person in front of them the benefit of the doubt that they will get out of the way, they'll just cut over to the right lane yeah. and fly up the right, and it screws everybody else up. So and I'm sure everybody at home is listening and saying, oh, I don't do that. he's right, and this happens to me all the time, and I, I don't like it. But the fact is, you got to be doing it, and I've been guilty of it every once in a while. But if you don't want to be mad on the road – be mad at other drivers you got to just bite the bullet sometimes and accept that i'm going to be going a little bit slower for a couple of seconds and then i'm saving everybody else on the highway hey, do they even teach though in driver's ed that's now? what i that's, don't know yeah i don't even know people i, I talk to don't parents. even know about it yeah it's like they just see three lanes they drive whichever one they want to drive in and then you become the jerk if you get over if you're trying to get out of the way and somebody tries to get 
to your right and you're actually trying to get out of the way so they can pass right. you on the left, right. then, then they, they get, get mad, mad at you. Yeah. Because you're trying to get out of their way yeah. and they like can't wait the two seconds for you to change lanes. Yeah. Is it, not yeah. to localize it, but you're talking about Route 70, right? Yeah. It's got because Route 70 is the worst ever for that. It is. And it's just absolutely it's, like the rules don't apply to it's Route a, 70. Well, I wonder if it has something to do with that kind of like long, straight, cutting across the country kind of road where you can easily get into a trance. Right. On and that it's road. only three lanes wide anyway, right? It's, yeah, closer to Baltimore, it starts at two. And then right. once you get out mm-hmm. past, like, um, people probably don't know what I'm talking about, but like Mount Airy, <laughs> then mm-hmm. it turns into three lanes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, having just been in Europe a couple weeks ago, uh, oh, I love it. It's like just seeing the lane discipline over there. It's like amazing. It's like it really can work, people. You right. just need to. I think we need to do a better job of teaching it and no, applying it. Better well, drivers, Ed. Would wouldn't it be awesome be. if there was some? Oh, I'm sorry to cut you off, no, but no, it's, it's just you know, you know how you see road signs that say you know see something, say something, blah 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 blah. blah. Oh. Just an instructional, instructional road signs. No, we should start saying something when we see something. <laughs> oh, no. Every, oh, you mean road signs like stay well, it's gonna be, slower it's traffic gonna go to from the right? See something to tweet, yeah. tweet about it. What if you saw like a big sign, sign that spanned every lane that, that told you what these lanes are for like yeah. every 15 miles or so? That's you a know? good idea. That's Just the only nice way little, anybody's well, going Yeah, around. they do. Every once in a while you'll see a road that says like slower traffic, keep, keep right. right. Yeah. But they're very small. Yeah. And, yeah. Nobody yeah. ever wants right. to admit that they're the slower True. traffic. I like Ben's idea. That actually makes yeah. a lot of sense. Big yellow sign. Boom, boom, boom. Oh. And then yeah. you just maybe you got to insult people too. Especially like, on, oh, I'm sorry, 70 would really benefit yeah. from that. Idiot, move over. Uh, or just, I mean, <laughs> you really, go. you just got to hurt people's feelings, I think. Right. And then uh, I'm sure we've them. done that enough already today, so we better wrap this thing up. <laughs> well, here, we need to have a, um, a little rave. One last thing here. What? Ben was showing right? me this, oh. this Z28 has real carpet. It inside. does. Isn't it that it's crazy? You said real carpet. carpet or just like. No, it is. Okay, well, it's, it's like it's, felt. Uh, kind of like felt. It's got some texture. But it's got an actual spare tire in the back, too. So here, let's. If you're watching the video podcast, we'll give you a tour of the... Uh, that thing has been beautifying my desk for a week We need, now. like, a little Lego guy to, to uh, do, demonstrate do, do everything John's in there. A miniature <laughs> John Davis. <laughs> Rotisserie. Oh, yeah. yeah. So check out the underside there, too. So anyway... So while you're checking that out, we'll just thank all of uh, those involved with our podcast. Producer Joe, audio uh, Jim Bigwood, and, of course, creator Bob Mixter. Tune in next time, where hopefully our... Uh, Host John Davis will be back in charge of things, and uh, we will see you then. We'll see you another time. You've been listening to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com, RockAuto.com, State Farm, and WeatherTech. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at MotorWeek.org. And watch MotorWeek television's longest-running automotive magazine series each week on your local PBS station.